You're listening to Level Up with Aiden and Dave. Does he look like a bitch? I'm nutsack of a chin right off your face. I am serious. I don't call me show. They're not going to catch us. We're on a mission from God. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> and welcome back to another episode of Level Up, the only podcast that last week was featured on BBC Upload. Hey! We made it on the radio. Yeah, boy. We've got that. We actually did it. Of approval now. Yeah, a little, a, a little taster. It was nice, wasn't it? It was nice to be on the radio. I quite enjoyed it. What, what yeah, are you saying? Yeah, it's fun. Um, oh, yeah, if people want to, like, let's do that more, then I'll be well up for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let us know. Uh, I'm wearing sunglasses because it's summer now. Uh, yeah, um, it's officially British summertime, isn't it? The clocks have changed. Yeah, I mean, it's still it's, fucking uh, cold, but it's summer. Yeah, the weather is... Weather is fucking weird in Britain this time of year. Like literally, I was in the park the other day and it was snowing, then hailing, then raining, then it went really grey and windy, and then it was like bright, warm sunshine with all within an hour. It's like what the fuck is going on? It's like the fucking no, weather is on shuffle. Four seasons in one day. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Bear grills, have some of that. Right. <laughs> so, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with my question. Oh, okay. It's a pretty yeah. big. It's a pretty big question. Um, Go for it. Would you rather bring back Prince or Freddie Mercury? Um, probably Freddie Mercury because Prince already had quite a, a long life. Freddie Mercury didn't get to be middle-aged and it would be quite interesting to have heard what his music would have been like as, as he got older. That is very, very true. But if, if per se, per se this... Let's say you're bringing them back in their prime. So you're bringing back uh, Freddie, Freddie Mercury, kind of like, you know, pre-Live Aid. Yeah. Live Aid, that that kind of era. And you're bringing back Prince, like, in, like, Kiss era. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, And then they're, like, allowed to, like, pursue their music careers as normal. You'd still bring back Mercury. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I guess Prince already had it. I do get what you mean now. Now my question. Yeah, I mean, you flawed. You totally flawed my question. Just shot it <laughs> in the fucking ground. Get that fifty-seven-inch blunderbuss out. Bang. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, um, what more would? I mean, he, Prince still did only die in his fifties, but what more could he have done? That is true. I guess I'm just thinking about. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> I was just thinking about all of the. All of the stuff that he still hasn't released as well. Like, he's got so much music. It's yeah, not, yeah, he had, he's got out. tons, hasn't he? No, he, he recorded every single day, didn't he? So, mad <sighs> thing. But yeah, they're going to release that the at some point on the question. They? Yeah, it's coming, I think. Um, I guess on the basis of that, since you've just blown a fucking whale sized hole in my question, <laughs> we'll have to pick Freddie Mercury too, and we'll just swiftly move on from that. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, my question this week is, um, what daytime TV show would you give the Hunger Games treatment? 
Um, so like it's kind of almost like uh, there's an episode of Doctor Who where it's like set well into the future and it's like Big Brother and uh, the weakest link. Uh, but if you like lose, then you get like vaporized. But I'm thinking more like Hunger Games. If we're going to adapt into like a survival show where people were like picking each other off, what would you choose? Um, well, I'm not sure what I choose, but I bet I'm going to know what you choose. <laughs> Homes under the hammer with Martin Lawrence. <laughs> Well, Homes of the Hammer would be quite an interesting one because you can literally put people in a house and then demolish it. (laughs) (laughs) I was also uh, thinking, like, um, flog it. Um, People, like, have to sell items or they get, like, whipped. Jesus Christ. A a flogging is, is when you get, like, whipped. So, like... Yeah, if people will like get whipped to death if they don't sell antiques at auction. <laughs> or or for example like bargain hunt, it can actually be a hunt um where like people are like bargaining for their lives. Um <laughs> Well yeah, no, I can't I quite like the idea. Bargain hunt is basically like a treasure. It's like treasure, yeah. isn't it? It's like finding treasure. So that's essentially yeah. it. But you, no, they have to fend each other off, like like Hunger Games. They have to like, if one of them's got the treasure, they're allowed to just like kill each other to like get yeah. it. Yeah. I like that but, idea. But Let's... the thing with that is, you, they still have to wear the fleeces, you know, the red and blue fleece that they have to wear. <laughs> well, I would quite like the idea of like um uh like a talent show where if you were shit, the floor just opened. You just dropped into like a lava pit. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, some people are delusional when they get out there on those talent shows, man. Yeah. But it's obviously, it's all an act. It's all a ploy. It's all it. It's all making the public see what they want to see. But it's just like, why embarrass yourself? But in some but ways... I, I don't no. know. I just like, I like the idea of merging that very forced uh, niceness you get with a daytime shitty daytime tv show with like a horror idea i think that's quite a fun one like i don't know i like, just sort of another one like a uh, cash in the attic like there could be like a neighborhood and one person's got the entire neighborhood's uh money in their attic and like it, gradually people get more and more amped up and like storm into people's houses and like and then people like defend yeah. their house a bit more and shit yeah, we'd all like fall into like political because they'd be like, "Oh, I'll help you," and then I can have a little bit of your cash from the attic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty Actually, good to be idea. Fair, there's there's a really good uh, show. It came out years ago. Now it was like one of Charlie Brooker's like first dramas. Like he's the guy that uh, created Black Mirror. Um, he mm. he his one of his early things. It was called Dead Set, and it was about what would happen if there was a zombie apocalypse during a series of Big Brother. <laughs> so they they had like like the actual like all these fake like well not yeah all these characters that are like playing like your typical big brother entries within that sort of series and then you had like so you had two sides to the story had what was going on for them and also like the production crew like defending themselves while the zombies were like invaded and there was this mad bit where Davina McCall played like a Davina McCall zombie it's fucking terrifying that sounds mental it is crazy absolutely mental it's like in terms of you know when you're watching like The Walking Dead and you're seeing people get torn apart and you're like ah, oh. like they take that to the <laughs> next level in Dead Set. You're watching it like oh my god, this is so horrible. Like one guy is literally torn open with all his intestines being pulled out and he's still alive. 
It's like, go on, enjoy it, you cunts. <laughs> oh, God, no. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, do you want to have a... Just, should we just have a... Before we move on, should we just have um like a little chat about like the fact that we were on the radio? Yeah, all right, yeah, yeah, let's talk more about that. <laughs> yeah, just, it was just mad. Um, what, so we... Uh, we were given a little slot, a little section, um, where we chose to do the Muppets thing, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, because basically it had to be like a fairly short clip, but also one that's got no swearing in. And like, there was, there's not, there's basically fuck all of this podcast which hasn't got any swearing <laughs> in. Like, <laughs> literally. So I, I, um, I, so... I remember this Muppets clip because I made it into a TikTok. And I was just like, I, had, I was looking through it through through the TikTok for like ideas of what to give, and I was like, oh, this one doesn't have any swearing in, so it's probably just gonna have to be this. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Um, but like, it was so much fun, and like, yeah. um, mate, Chris was just like the most, uh, like polished. Yeah, he was such a great like host. I was like, woo! This is how you do it. <laughs> yeah. And there was one point during the interview, didn't I, where I just like forgot what the question was that I got asked. <laughs> well, and I just trailed you're speaking off, and once... then your internet like glitched out, and you're like, "Hey," and then just came back <laughs> in like, "Yeah, basically, he's like, it's over there. Oh, no, sorry, what was the question?" And then like, Chris was like, <laughs> "Oh, yeah, mate, just do that again, like." That... <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we'll, we'll was mad, like, pull up on one thing to it as it went out as well because they kind of edited it together to make it sound like we were in there live which was quite clever um and then like because like listening to like some fucking like like typical like pop music that you'd hear on like a club on a saturday night and then coming in with like and next up we got level up with aiden and dave (laughs) it's just like man so so yeah we want our own radio show now we're ready to make it happen um (laughs) and uh yeah Bang, bang on. Right, should we crack on? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Um, right, okay. So, yeah, this week... Cool films. Yeah, this week is, uh, it was like a Battle of the Boy Bands films. Ooh. So uh, Aiden, Aiden's been telling me about this film for a while, um, uh, and I just never really got around to watching it. It was Jersey Boys from 2014, directed Ooh. by Clint Eastwood. Uh, the plot is uh, the story of four young men from the wrong side of the tracks in Ju- in New Jersey who came together t- to form an iconic 1960s rock group, The Four Seasons. Um, yeah, I'd literally never heard of this film until you mentioned it. I can't believe it slipped mm-hmm. my knowledge. Um, and then I got Aiden to watch a film that I also hadn't seen, but been meaning to get around to watching for fucking ages. Yeah. Cause it, I just love the idea of it. It's got Paul Dano in it. I'm a huge fan of Paul Dano. Um, and it's called Love and Mercy. And it's basically the story of um, uh, Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys uh, cutting between his early life with his, with his mental health struggles, with his le- uh, later life, where he's basically under... Uh, like a conservatorship, kind of like Britney Spears is. Like they, he has no control yeah. over over his life or his affairs. There's this so-called psychiatrist that manages his entire Basically life, dosing him up, dosing Basically him up, bans him, him up. from meeting people. Um, but uh, but uh, Brian Wilson manages to meet this young woman that, that slowly pulls him out of that trap. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, Aiden, you were you were pretty pissed off with uh, Love and Mercy, so I think we should start off with that because yeah, you weren't happy. Yeah, no, not particularly. Okay, so like obviously going into this is the thing that's gonna make this like my opinion like more difficult, I guess, is the fact that like I trained in musical theatre, so I have this. I have a, an idea in what I want to see in kind of like a, even if it's a musical biopic, something like Love and Mercy, yeah? Yeah. It should still retain something that's to do with the music. And uh, I just felt like there was so, it was there was so much joy sucked out of it. And the problem was, is there was too much focus on his how other people saw his mental health rather than how he saw we're talking about Brian here obviously the main character rather than how he saw his you know how he saw the world how he saw his music being made um, and some of the most exciting bits in that film were the bits where he was in the studio and he was creating music that was that mm. was the best bits of the film um, I don't know you're going to need to ask me some questions because I get blank well, yeah, I'll probably start off with the fact that um, the cast, uh, or the, the casting for Brian Wilson, it was split into two halves. Uh, the young Brian Wilson was played by Paul Dano, and then the old Brian Wilson was played by John Cusack. Um, and you, you've got issues with John Cusack, haven't you? You've not particularly enjoyed anything you've seen in his performances in the films he's been in, um, and and you it yeah, particularly irritated I mean... you just the way that he he was uh, he was very neurotic as an older man, but it did come across as a bit, uh, like forced, like it was like in his head, his direction was, Oh, so you're basically like a child trapped in an old man's body. Um, yeah. And, and, and yeah. So, so like, what was it about that? That particularly got on, on your tits? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, look, okay, let's be honest. Like I've really only started paying attention to John Cusack properly in the last few years. So realistically, right. I've probably judging my opinions off of high fidelity and this, and he's been yeah. in other stuff, but maybe I've not really noticed him before. Yeah. But this is taking more of a lead role. He's the main center part of the film in these films. So, well, basically in love and mercy, he is, um, oh, I don't know. I just found his, it gets really difficult because is it is it the actor's choice or is it the direction that the actor is given which is the which is the thing here but it was just really not good it, i just didn't like it it was all like <laughs> it, you know he was talking to someone he'd be like yeah yeah i really like boats but ah uh, should we go get a chuck e cheese i really fancy a pizza ah uh, but then i'm thinking about my mom and now i'm really sad but what about that pizza and that chuck e cheese oh got a baby california chuck e cheese it was just like all not <laughs> it was so what you said erratic and just weird yeah. like it and i'm sure that there could have been a better way that you could have shown um what brian was going through without going at it like that i just found it a really strange choice i mean i kind of get that he maybe looks like him a bit which is the point i think yeah yeah i i for me personally i did feel like it was a big uh a, a jump in terms of like paul dano and John Cusack looked nothing alike. 
Uh, yeah, I thought no. that was a bit of a too much of a contrast. But then when you do, I did afterwards look up photos of him from those two time periods, and both of them do look very accurate. So I don't know. I, maybe it's just it was just a bit of a weird one. It's, it, it was hard to believe that John Cusack was the old Paul Dano, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, and, and I think definitely um, the strongest elements, which I was expecting more of when before watching this film, and I was like, oh, I, I, I wanted more of the older uh, Paul Dano era stuff. And I was mm. expecting more of like your traditional sort of music biopic where about how the band initially got formed and how it came together yeah. and their first performance and all of that sort of stuff. That was the stuff I was interested in. I think Brian Wilson's life is really interesting. And I did love learning about the fact that he was under this house restraint from this psychiatrist. And I found that really interesting, yeah. but I felt like that should have been a different film. Um, Maybe yeah. if they yeah, if you man. could do another documentary biopic, yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah, it would definitely. Be more that, interesting as that, one hundred percent. That half would would have been more interesting as like a documentary they could have filmed with the tie in of the release of the uh, like film about the Beach Boys because it wasn't really mm, a Beach exactly. Boys film. It doesn't really ever purport itself to not be a Brian Wilson to... only film. But I want. A Beach Boys film. I want to know more about the other brothers. Like, why was that other older brother such a cunt? Like, why was what? Why like, where were they later in his life? Like, right. I guess the thing was is what I was comparing it to. What you need to work with musical themes. You need to um, compare it. And luckily, we have Rocket Man, which is one of the best made musical biopics. Really, it it probably is just. Yeah, it's just incredible. It's just such a. It's you know. I mean, they're all good. Yeah, but well, a lot of them are good. But like that one stands out, doesn't it? But it's just got the most money. It's got just Elton John is just such an icon as well. It's just so big. Um, and I think about that moment when he sings Rocket Man and he jumps into the pool yes. and he's sinking to the bottom. And that's that was all, um, you know, underlay for his mental struggles and his the way that everything worked in his head and how he felt and what he was feeling at that moment and and and, you know and that's what we didn't get to see in that if you want to make love and mercy like they did they should have you know they should have focused in on on brian wilson's method because it was obviously that was what made that music that was what made it amazing was brian wilson was a a musical genius he like he always felt the music, the vibrations. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. And there was no, there was no, there was no focus. Well, there wasn't much focus on, on him. But it's kind of annoying because there kind of was focus on him. But it's not how he sees it. It's how someone outside sees it, and that's not. It wasn't. It, I suppose what the, the thing is, it wasn't about the music really. It was about him and his personal things and the music sort of comes with that to a point but it's not really about the mechanics of how the band worked or what happened with the music sales and like various other things like that um, yeah it it does it does seem to just sort of fall short of something um i don't i, I think it is because a lot of it is just spent on the whole relationship with him and elizabeth banks yeah um, it's, it's so much of, his, of it is spent on that stuff but again, like but, all of that story could have just been done with a documentary. But, like it wasn't. It's just so annoying because that was like it was like that half was like a romantic kind of like, 
finding yourself again in later life story yeah. and then you had this other story which was I'm struggling with I'm I'm a young man I'm trying to hold a band together I'm trying to make success I'm also trying to create my vision and they were literally just flitting between that like really with no that I didn't see the it was just like when he almost had a breakdown when he was younger it would flit to when he was older and how he's kind of yeah. like oh no I'm really fucked up do you know what I mean? That was kind of how yeah. it felt. It, just as it seemed to get interesting on one thing, it would then switch to the other thing, and I, I'll have to restart my interest again. Yeah, um, I mean, I, y- you could have even done it as like um, like two-hour specials. So so you got the, the first hour is him as a young man, and then the second hour is him as an old man. And then you wouldn't have to be constantly flipping between it. You have two stories that have a start, middle, and end, rather than... Like Absolutely. one story that flicks between two time periods and confuses you, and then the end was a really weird ending as well. It's very abrupt, just random ending. Like, don't even see him actually properly getting together with this girl that they've been building the whole film up to being. Like, mm-hmm. you don't you just see the very a tiny, very early part of their relationship, and that's it. Like. Mm. I would have liked to have uh, thing... had another scene, like a twenty-minute scene <clears throat> at the end, with him with a, his his new family, with a load of kids and being happy or something, rather than just yeah. them standing in the driveway and then it fading out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, one thing that I do want to mention is uh, Paul Giamatti, who plays yeah. the the shrink, the doctor. Oh, I just love this guy, man. He's been yeah. In I can't so remember much. what I've seen him in. He mate, he's been in so so much. He's been in John Adams, Fred Claus, um, The Illusionist, Shoot 'Em Up, The Amazing Spider-Man Two, Turbo, Big Mama's House, Hangover Part Two, The Truman Show, Twelve Years a Slave. He's gonna be yeah. in Jungle Cruise. He's in Rock of Ages. He's in Robots, Ironclad. This guy has worked non-stop non-stop for a really long time um so yeah shout out to him i specifically remember him watching him as a kid always just he's so funny there was that um one particular scene that i i really appreciated with his acting in was when uh elizabeth banks had like that little meeting with him and then she was going to her car and he was like following her out and he was like had his hand over like the the car door and shit like sort of really intimidating her space i just thought that was a really good scene of showing like like a really lechy sleazy bloke leaning in on her and he was like oh well you can go out with me anytime you want like all this sort of stuff it was like he right. was, he thought he was like within his rights to steal brian's girlfriend off him and and, the, and the they didn't is, give a shit about what she, how she felt about that either <laughs> like, yeah literally the, the thing is with this movie right is that some of well most of the acting performances in this movie are literally really 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 good yeah Paul, yeah. Paul Dano's Paul Dano's acting in this movie is incredible like, yeah it's really top top notch Elizabeth Banks is very good Paul Giamatti is very good um, and the fact that John Cusack just didn't cut the slack for me. Do you know what I mean? They yeah, needed someone. Yeah. Bang! They needed someone to bring that. Paul Dano was up there. Do you know what I mean? I kind of, like, part of me just wish they put him in makeup, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't see why they couldn't have done that. He, he's, he could have so played 
uh, uh, the older Brian. He could like there's oh, nothing can, that would have stopped him. You can tell that he's got that gravitas. Man, I, I I can't I can't I literally can't hype Paul Dana enough because he's kind of one of these people that you totally forget about, but like you remember him in very specific films. He's not been in loads of films, but but the one he, the, when when he is in a film, it's like okay, this is gonna be a proper movie. Um, mm. I, I I really I need to find a way of getting working this film into a, an episode level up at some point because. His acting in this is like absolutely insane. It's a film called There Will Be Blood, um, and it's right. like a Daniel Day Lewis movie, um, mm, and Paul Dano is in it. And his, 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 yeah, it's fucking sick. It's all about like um, uh, the early days of mining for oil in America and all of the politics between mm. that. Um, yeah, it's fucking insane film. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I totally I agree with you, man. Him. I yeah, I, I mean, I, it's weird as well. I, I, I've always said this. I, I, it's a weird choice, but I think Paul Dano should have played the young Dumbledore in Fantastic Beasts um, because he, he looks like Michael Gambon in a way. You can imagine Michael Gambon yeah. looking like that when he was younger. Um, yeah, and I, I think he would have been a sick Dumbledore as well. Yeah, like young I Dumbledore. Think, I just don't think they would have made that choice because you know. No, they would have. They got Jude Law because you know it's I mean? more famous and yeah. Yeah, oh, he's a big name. He's a big name, and yeah, and you could make anyone a big name by making them young Dumbledore. Like that's yeah, not even, exactly. <laughs> that's not even that's not even top of the list on Jude Law's pile. Do you know what I mean? That's what's annoying about yeah. it. Like yeah. Um, yeah, he's been in some films that I've really liked, and he's also going to be in Batman, which is great. Yes, yeah, he's playing. Um, he's playing the Riddler in in Batman, isn't he? Yeah, um, and so that's, that's going to be. Yeah, I, I, that's going to be fucking mad seeing him do like a villain, like a twisted like incel villain. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be so much fun. Um, anything yeah. else to say about Love and Mercy? Um, no, not really. Yeah, it was just yeah, a bit underwhelming, but good individual scenes and performances so kind yeah. of like a five six out of ten really i it? feel like john cusack should have been in something more like friends but he just like is, isn't he's in movies and i just don't get it it's because his dad's a filmmaker and a director filmmaker oh i don't really know much about him uh, Richard John Cusack, born 1925, was an American actor, filmmaker and humorist. He got into films from, from his parents then. Fair enough. Mm. Well, yeah. yeah, I think he deserves to be on Friends, so that's my that's my thoughts. <laughs> um, um, let's yeah, move anyway, on. Jersey Boys. Jersey Boys! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, what can we... Uh, faulted about this film this this is like a proper accomplished bit of work i don't think i've actually really properly seen a clint eastwood film before um i, Interesting. I, I like yeah yeah i don't think i've ever really seen one it's just one of them people like you just hear about like all the time but nothing you don't usually think oh yeah i'm gonna watch the good the bad and the ugly today yeah i'll put yeah. that on there's a really like good film a really really good film that came out maybe i don't not sure what year a couple of years ago probably five or six now um called gran turismo right and he's in it uh i'm not sure if he directed it but he's in it and it's really cool 
and he's yeah. like an old man and he's fucking he's so fucking cool um you should watch <laughs> that but yeah carry on anyway yeah yeah, yeah. So he directed it, and it's obviously uh, Jersey Boys was originally a, a stage musical, um, uh, and I think you know a lot about that, don't you, Aiden? It's, uh, yeah, I know. It's, it's kind of like We Will Rock You, but basically about Frankie Valley, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's the the stage, the stage show is the musical is the movie you watched. Yeah, it's the same story. It's exactly the same story. They've elongated parts of it so for example the first like 40 minutes half an hour of the film is all condensed into like an eight minute song hmm. um, you know like him like rolling into prison and getting out and the earth angel earth angel when he's singing to the mum and all that kind of stuff that's all rolled very very quickly and then kind of starts a bit later in his life when they're already kind of like they the, basically the musical is really really quick up to the point where they make sherry right okay because there's a whole bit there's still there's literally so much like they they translated the stage show they took the stage show and they translated that for movie and that's what i love about the jersey boys film is they spared no expense they used proper broadway actors they used proper broadway dancers they did they spared no expense on set on making everything look as clean as possible everyone was like it just sounded perfect like there was no issues do you know what i mean um i thought what was really interesting about the way that the film was made it was like it, it was a musical but it wasn't like like grease if you know what i mean it, no like, it's not like like the yeah like when the songs would come in they came in like they would in real life it wasn't like oh uh like uh when just after like danny meets like sandy again he's like sandy like all that shit like just wandering around the street singing about her like it like it's not meant to be like 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 it's like yeah but everything in jersey boys was like oh this is real life they would actually sing this song in this moment it's not just gonna come out of nowhere um and i thought that was really cool how they managed to sort of like they're constantly like tricking you where like you're like oh it's a musical oh no now it's just like a proper like film about a band oh no it's a musical again but like it felt so yeah. seamless like it's weird to say like um yeah well, and the uh, obviously is, the yeah sorry i just want to jump in there and say the thing is that's good about well what makes it easier is that you're doing a musical about a band so every yeah. time that they're singing usually it's because they're performing a set or a show or something which makes things that that is one thing that's going to make it seem more seamless and that's where you don't get the connections if you watch something like Les Mis or like mm. Greatest Showman that's the kind of musical where it's like just popping in and being like and we will come back home and we will come back home <laughs> like it just starts for no reason but where Jersey Boys you've got a reason for them to start singing because it's about their musical career do you, do you know what I mean yeah yeah absolutely um yeah and, and obviously uh, like the the casting uh you mentioned it just then but uh the fact that they used uh, uh, people that were actually in the stage show to play the characters in the films, and you've got to give a shout out to the Frankie Valley actor. Like, what the fuck? His voice, man. How is his yeah. voice that good? 
Yeah, a thirty. What is he? Thirty-seven, thirty-eight years old when he filmed that. Yeah, he was like thirty-eight when he filmed that, and he, he convincingly plays a sixteen-year-old kid. <laughs> yeah, I'm sixteen, Your Honor. I love it when he says that. <laughs> that was the other thing to mention, actually. The um, the the aging of all the actors throughout the film was so well done. Um, oh, like in yeah, a lot of musicals and a lot of films, they they tend to do that really badly, and like it's very obvious that they're putting on a grey wig or like stooping over. But they had the perfect combination of just doing slight uh, uh, prosthetic and hair things, but it mainly comes from the acting, um, like the mm. way that they gradually stoop a bit more, they walk differently, they hold themselves mm-hmm. differently because of the things that, that have affected them in their lives. Yeah, it's just uh, like this is. Like this is this film basically is going to go down and level up history today because it's kind of it's unlevel upable. Yeah, I, I would, I wouldn't change it, and maybe it might be able to be changed by some people. Some people might think it's rubbish. I just can't see how they could. But mm. for me and you to like properly meet eye to eye or something like this is, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> quite spectacular, really. <laughs> um. To say that we've got nothing that we would change about it, uh, I just I just love everything about it, mate. I just love everything about it. It's so perfectly put together. There's not there's not a single thing missed. What do you think was your favourite scene? Because there's a lot of bits in the movies that are quite interesting, like the bit where they get imprisoned and um, the bit where they break up, and like bits when they're you know like um, Tommy's like running like you know, getting stuff off the back of trucks and selling it and kind of falling into the pop star reality. Was there any, like, scenes that stuck out to you? Because there's a few to me. I won't say the first one is definitely when they're trying to get their record sold. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's such a good, good, good bit. Knocking on <laughs> yeah. the doors. And that's so musical theatre as well. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of bits like that I could picture it on stage. Um well, I say my favourite scenes, uh, obviously, the, where they break up, that, that bit's amazing. Just uh, them getting to all have their own monologue in that scene, effectively, is great. Um, the the bit at the end when they come back as old people and then they do, do the performance again, but then it switches to them being young. Um, and then and then right at the end when they just go full out and do like a medley of, of the songs... And go mm-hmm. full out with the traditional sort of musical style of performing those songs because it was like it needed that ending. It needed that little bit more of like a little upbeat classic Woo! musical, yeah. yeah, like this bit of craziness. And and that that bit was really good because it was like outside the rest of the film. It was like a sort of like a post credit sequence in a way. Yeah. So it, it felt right, and it was just yeah, a great like uplifting way to end the film, effectively. Bang on. Bang on. I think we'll leave it there with that one because I don't think there's much else to say. Um, No, there's fuck all. It was, it's truly, truly amazing. And for that reason, (laughs) you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to try and level up Jersey Boys Day. No, I'll be crazy to try and level up Jersey Boys. I'm not a man, man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a man, man, man. Oh, right. Okay. You're doing him now. (laughs) Uh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna level up Love and Mercy. So Sam, yeah. you can go first this week. All right then. Yeah, you fucking better. Right, what I want is um uh two. I want the film to split into two different films. 
So I want the first half to be Paul Dano. I know it to be all about how the, the Beach, bro, uh, Beach Brothers, Beach Boys, when they were brothers as, as young kids, and there was a lot of the, the film was talking about how their dad got beaten him up and was fucked up and all that shit. I want a whole journey of, of him getting to middle age, and then halfway through, or in a different film, you do the young, the, I mean the old, the old Brian Wilson, and have him uh, showing them that sort of reflection of him being abused as a kid by his dad, now being abused as, by his psychiatrist as an adult. Uh, make much more comparisons between that, show that whole relationship, but then like show more after he's released as well, and he and he settles down with his new wife. I want to see how he progressed. Even after that, maybe he has PTSD or anything. So yeah, that's where I'm going with it. Spitting two halves. Keep the same fucking actor as well. You keep John Cusack. No, keep um one actor to play Brian Wilson all Paul. the way through. Yeah. Remake Paul Dano, it with yeah. Paul Dano. Paul Dano. Yeah. Yeah, I like that, mate. Yeah. It. You've gone with what it needed with the film. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what. That's actually what that film genuinely needed. It. Yeah. It needed that so badly. Realistically, I would be happy to watch a, um, a, a like a Netflix style documentary about, um, Brian's life that covered all of that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But then saw the movie, with Paul Dano when it was back, then. Do you know what I mean? Because that was so much better. Yeah, man. I'm gonna go with something completely different to you. Alright, okay, my idea is hit me with that Beach Boys musical, man. It's been. We've not had it yet. Sorry, I just hit my microphone. We've still not had it. We've got Jersey Boys musical, and that's the only way that you're going to get to the bottom of the musical creation and be able to get that stuff really, really down to a T. Um, if you condense it into a musical, I mean, they've got a fantastic musical career. Obviously, they didn't all get along, as we see in Love and Mercy, so there's there's so much stuff that can be translated into a story on stage. Um, and, I mean, who doesn't love Beach Boys music? It's literally the bomb. So, slap it in a stage show, and then... Just like Jersey Boys, if that stage show lands and is perfect, then you want to adapt that into a movie. And that's how you're going to make the perfect Beach Boys biopic. Because, sorry, but Love and Mercy just wasn't about the Beach Boys. I mean, it doesn't claim to be, but it isn't. Um, And I want the Beach Boys. I want it to be about the Beach Boys, man. Mate, that's sick. I, I love that idea, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think I, you know it's I, the, the, a lot of their hits like lend themselves to being slotted into like the plot, like like the Four Seasons songs did. Like, exactly. like there's so many like classic like I get around. They could be like them like going down to the beach in the '60s when it was all the surfer kids were like all like proper like taken off exactly. and all that sort of stuff. There's so much stuff that they can do with that music. And there is people out there that can sing it as well, which is even better. Yeah. Um, I guess the reason that it probably has I'd love a big musical because... number on a beach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the Probably the reason it hasn't happened is because how close it is to Jersey Boys. Yeah. How close it would be. Because just like that, Brian would take... Just like Frankie Valley, Brian would kind of take the lead role in it and it would be about his 
process of making music and that is most likely what it would be more about do you know what i mean and the beach boys would be be in it and it would all be about the kind of like the rise and fall um because that's the bit that everyone wants to see isn't it i'm just so surprised it hasn't happened yet like any of it like no matter have to be a musical or just any kind of something where it's broken down because it seems so popular to do that at the moment yeah i don't know maybe there was some like uh rights issues with the with the beach boys music because they do mention at one point in the in the in love and mercy that his his dad the dad of the beach boys owns all the rights and then he just sells them off without consulting to them so maybe that's why they couldn't use that much of the music in the actual film yeah, make a Beach Boys film and put the budget in to get the rights to that music. Like, just yeah. you have to do it properly. It's not like there exactly. isn't an audience for it. Who doesn't like Beach Boys? Like, exactly. <laughs> who doesn't Everyone get lit when Beach they hear Boys. a Beach Boys track? Like, you can just see the. I mean, what the one thing that I really loved was when he was in his flat and he had the piano on the sand. Yeah, that's just a musical hit waiting to happen, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a little like sand pit with a piano in. He's playing. All of a sudden, it rises up into the sky, and he's like, "Ooh!" Like it needs to, it needs to be a thing, right? And doing a doing a beach set for a stage would be fucking easy as well. It would, yeah. You just need the beach, on a beach set throughout the whole thing. Yeah, you could do the whole thing set on the beach and then just add little, like, like boards to, like, make it look like a studio or something, but it's still in the beach. Like, their mindset is always at the beach. <laughs> I'd get David on the direction for this musical, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and the waves, yeah, all right. the different, how the, how the waves are reacting represents Brian's emotional state. Wow, Dave, <laughs> that's nice. You're going to do your GCSE in English next. <laughs> well, I've got, I've got a B. Oh, you got higher than me then. Yeah, that's surprising considering I'm fucking dyslexic, isn't it? The hell man's yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> you must have, that teacher must have really liked you. Yeah. Really, really liked you. <laughs> oh! That's why! <laughs> Someone's Someone's calling again. Hello, hello, hello. Who's this? Hello, lads. How's it going? It's Chris Arnold here. Oh Oh my god! The BBC. (laughs) It's Chris. (laughs) And I'm very, very upset with you both. You've both been very naughty. (laughs) Why? What have we done this time? You've created the rudest podcast known to man. (laughs) (laughs) You haven't really. I'm just playing around with you. Just a bit of fun. No, there is a lot of swearing in it, though. You're, you're not wrong. There is uh, uh, actually where I work is a a moment is a children's gym, and um, I one of the mums yesterday. I was just chatting to her, and she was like, "Oh, what did you get up to through lockdown? You know, like what did you do? Like what did you get up to?" And I was like, "Oh, you know, bits and bobs. Uh, you know, I started working out, blah blah blah." I said I made a podcast with my best mate, and she was like, "Oh, she was like, oh, that's great." I'm gonna give that a listen. What's it called? And I was like, Oh, it's called Level Up with Aiden and Dave. Um, and then she was like, Oh, great, great. And then I was like, Oh, just to let you know, it does have uh, some explicit trees in it, though. She's got like a one and a half year old kid, and she was like, mm, Okay, I, I think I might, I think I might leave that one then, just because we've got little ears about, and you know, that's the sort of thing I'm dealing with at work. 
Well, I actually, I haven't, me and Dave know each other from our previous work together on the good ship Thecla. And I hadn't seen oh, Dave really? in ages. And the other day, myself and Simon, also from Thecla, we cycled to Port's Head to see Dave. And uh, I could not believe the filth coming out of Dave's mouth at such a high volume around the Portishead Marina with loads of old people and young children knocking about. Me and Simon had to be like, just Dave, calm it down. It's like he was been bottled up for three months during this lockdown. He just completely exploded. <laughs> That's true. Like I got a lot of um, I got a lot of training when I was at uni with, from like Aiden and um, the, the other person we live with, Connor. Uh, I, I just. I don't realise like how loud my voice is, and I'll just be full on there like talking like, "Oh yeah, Boris Johnson's like shagging these birds like a fucking cunt," <laughs> and then like Dave just we're we're on like a bus next to a school. Why are you shouting? I just naturally project my voice, and particularly swear words as well. I, I take great pleasure in saying swear words very loudly at inappropriate moments. <laughs> Chris, I think that you'll you'll back me here because you know David probably just as just as well as I do, in the sense that when he's talking, some words just come out disgustingly more vile than others. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I was just popping down the shop and I saw some fucking crap messing about outside, and he asked me for a fucking pan. Like, mate, I haven't got a pan to fucking give you. Like, it gets so like. All the mouth is up. It does. Like predator. <laughs> it does. It gets very cockney. It gets quite Del Boy in places, doesn't it? it, it I don't know. There are, like, have you seen that show that uh, Stephen Fry did about swearing, about the power of swearing? And they got Brian Blessed to um, stick, it, stick his hand in, like, some ice cold water. And uh, he, he did it first and he wasn't allowed to swear. And then they did it again and he was allowed to swear. And he just completely went to town and uh, but was able to, to last a lot longer in the ice, icy water due to the power of swearing. So Dave has obviously harnessed the power of rude words. Yeah, he can't just feel anything because he just swears. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was like a, in one of our earlier one of our earlier episodes. We had like a whole 10 minute conversation about the different ways British people say cunt. <laughs> God, this really is explicit, isn't it, this show? this I, I'm a PG-13 entertainer. Yeah, Dave, you really picked the wrong audience to go with this one. Yeah, all, here's... Welcome, Chris Arnold. Here's all the different ways we say cunt. <laughs> if you say it with a K, though, it's not as bad. That's the thing. It's, like, friendly. Yeah. It's yeah. friendly when you say it with a K. Like Cunt and the Gang. Yeah. <laughs> you know that guy? I actually booked him for a gig once in Sheffield, Cunt and the Gang. One of the funniest <laughs> nights of my life, actually. Anyway, we've drifted off here. <laughs> right, okay. Let's let's crack on with these questions, shall we? So, your first question, uh, Mr. Chris Arnold from the BBC, is what would your idea of a shit superhero be? So, like, completely useless. Well, I actually asked Dave ages ago, do I know to think about anything for this podcast? And he was like, no, 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 don't you worry, it'll be fine. And then five minutes ago, he messaged me and was like, quickly, have a think about this. So I've had about five <laughs> minutes or so to think. And all I can come up with is Wikiman. <laughs> and it's just a guy who knows everything that's on Wikipedia. He's actually not that shit. He's actually probably a pretty good superhero to have. However, that's all he can do. So if you need some knowledge about anything, and we're talking about, you know, absolutely anything in the world, then you can go to Wikiman 
but in a probably in a situation where you would need a superhero, all he can do is give you information. So he might get a bit annoying after a while. Yeah, well, that'd be great because then you could ask him like he would he would know like random celebrity birth dates on there. So he, mm. you could ask him anything about Martin Roberts from Homes of the Hammer, and he would just yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, or Dion Dublin. <laughs> Any of the Holmes <laughs> Under the Hammer presenters. And I guess he would be handy in a way if you were hanging about with him. You know, nowadays we can access everything through our phone, but it's, it is a pain getting it out of your pocket and then typing stuff in. You could just ask him straight away. Yeah, because there's always that, that moment where it's like, oh, what is that? Oh, I don't know. I'll Google it. He would just, yeah, it would just cut out that, that five second mm. bit where you're typing everything. But what, in. About, what about all the false information that goes off on Wikipedia? <laughs> well, that's what you get with him. <laughs> Unfortunately, that just comes as part of the package. He's basically Alexa or some sort of uh, smart (laughs) utensil, you know. However, he's an actual guy. Uh, I think he just sort of wears, you know, he's smart, casual. He just knocks about fairly well kept. He's had a decent haircut like you, Aidan, but he doesn't look as scruffy as me and Dave. Uh, And yeah, he's called Wikiman. I'm picturing him looking like uh, Arse Jeeves. (laughs) Oh, like a butler. Yeah, it'd be like a sort of Crichton character in like Red Dwarf. Like he, he he's, he's got that information. Also, Aiden, when when he doesn't know if something's right or not, if someone's just put in that information and he's not sure, he'll just say "citation needed." That mm. could be his catchphrase. <laughs> citation needed. Citation needed. Yeah, I like that a lot. I like. See, this is we're fleshing out this character. I think that could. He's got legs. This guy. I metaphorical and real legs as well all characters got legs when you think about it there's also off the back of this question Chris we also ask another one this won't be written down this one but this is if you had a a personal superhero power that was like genetic to yourself what do you think that it might be if if I could have any personal superhero power yeah but it's like specific to your genetics so, like, for Dave, we kind of said, because he's so into his photography and he's got a photographic memory, that it would be that he could, as long as he's visited a place, he could see that place as, like, live feed. Okay, well, I think because of what I do, well, before the pandemic, I used to do a lot of gigs all, all around the country, uh, DJ gigs, some comedy shows, used to do a lot of festival works, and... I've been to many, many service stations and if anything, I've become a bit of a service station enthusiast in my time. So I think my power would be the ability to to know every single service station in the UK and I just have it at my fingertips. Uh, it's ready, it's there. So, you know, I know how clean they are. I know what kind of provisions they've got. I know how nice the decor is. Also, how, how nice is the views. Also, a sort of good understanding of who has the, the best value with regards to petrol. And it that it just be knowledge. It just it just be instant knowledge. So so um, wh- whenever I'm traveling, I would know exactly where to go, when to stop, and that sort of thing. I do like I the idea you, that you definitely could just have click a... yourself to one of those places. Yes, bang. That would be an You'd additional have, like, power. Your own, the uh, tunnel to Gloucester Services as well. Exactly. I absolutely love Gloucester <laughs> Services. So I could have some. If I could just clip my fingers and be at Gloucester Services, that would be great. Because at the moment, I've got to drive forty-five minutes to get there. Um, but yeah, that that would be good. I've just realised I've not been very. All I've done so far is come up with um, superpowers that just involves knowing stuff. <laughs> it's very encyclopedic. <laughs> it's not very thoughtful, that is it? <laughs> yeah, well, there's there's meant to be a new Marvel film coming out called The Eternals, but you could create a Marvel film called like The Encyclopedias. <laughs> it's about all these different people that have 
there's a deep knowledge of def- several subjects. <laughs> I like that. There's another thing though. I, I was thinking about like what are the perfect excuses, and I think one of the perfect excuses that could get you out of any situation is, oh, I've got to be at the studio. Like, because you don't have to know what job they have. You can stop someone in the street. Oh, could, could I ask it? And they go, back, no, no, sorry, I've got to be at the studio. So you've got that in your armory. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that is true. An added bonus to the sort of average superpower that I've come up with. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, well, sorry, I guys, I'm just about to go have. live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do like, do that sometimes, actually. Another superpower you could have would be to uh, play any song but through your throat sort of thing. So you wouldn't need like a speaker system, you wouldn't need a computer, just uh, like that. You could have whatever song you're thinking of, like blasting out. So if you're DJing at Fecra, so you'll just stand the stage with your mouth open. <laughs> yeah, using your nipples as like decks, like. Yeah. That would be good. You know what? I'd love the, just not even a superpower, but I'd love the ability to just sing because I'm such a bad singer and I'm pretty jealous. I like, I'm jealous of people who can sing so well and also jealous of people who can do impressions because Dave, you can do a really nice variety of impressions actually. <laughs> I remember one night just hearing you go through them all. In particular, the, the, the bad guy from Peaky Blinders, that that Northern Irish guy, you're very good at that. <laughs> Sam Neill's character in that. Give, give us a bit of that, Dave. Give us a bit of that. Just oh, what is it? Uh, I, uh, what did you say uh, about the people? Thomas I, I Shelby. Will, Tom, Thomas Shelby. I will wipe the... the I can't even fucking remember what he says. <laughs> I'll I wipe you on the, the spot. streets clean of your filth. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, do Floki from Vikings. Have you seen Vikings, Chris? You know what? I've watched all of The Last Kingdom, but I haven't touched Vikings, but I enjoy... And I've seen oh. all of Game of Thrones. So, but I've... Yeah. Do you guys he's, like he's, Last uh, Kingdom? I watched a bit of it, but I watched it after Vikings, and it was very Not as weak good. in comparison. <laughs> I am Uhtred, son of Uhtred. <laughs> yeah, Vikings <laughs> is similar to that. Like, there's uh, yeah. one of the Skarsgård brothers, uh, one of them, those actor, that actor family. Yeah. They, um, they, there's a guy in there, and he plays this shipbuilder, and he's very like. He does all this sort of move with his hands. He sort of like moves, looks at everything with his fingers. He like, like looks oh, at stuff through his that... fingers. Like, yeah, he's like, I will build the boat, Ragnar. I will look <laughs> over there. I the 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 gods. The gods will not let us sail today. Like all of this sort of shit. <laughs> That's very good. Very good. It's yeah, I so good. I, I I did like Last Kingdom actually. I watched all of it, all full series of it, and he's sort of kind of hammy. That ma- that main guy, the guy who plays Ultrad. Yeah. But once you start watching him, you start speaking like him all the time. Father, <laughs> and there's a character in it called Father Bioka, who's like his main friend. He's a priest, and he's like Father Bioka, come to me and help me. But I uh, just started walking around the flat, calling him Father Baraka, Father Baraka. <laughs> why won't you dissolve into a pint of water? I get rid of this filthy hangover. <laughs> anyway, it's a bit niche. Moving swiftly on. Moving yeah, swiftly on. Favourite film, Chris? Favourite film? Now, I had to think about this. And favourite film, I always drift back to Hot Rod. It's a bit of a ridiculous favourite film to have. But I, I, I think it's very funny. I like, I like Andy Samberg. I like The Lonely Island lot. And I like the 
actors in that film. It didn't even really do that well when it was released, but it's become a bit of a cult classic, Hot Rod. And basically, it's the Lonely Island guys. It's Andy Samberg. It's uh, uh, George. Uh, what's it? The, the other two guys. Akifa Schaefer is directing, <laughs> and the other lad is in it as well. And I sort of discovered. I was, I was living in Paris for a little bit, and I was like working there and teaching there. And uh, I didn't have any internet. This was about 2010 or so. And I was in this flat on my own, a bit lonely. But I did have a copy of Hot Rod on my computer. And I just watched it over and over again. So it kind of reminds me of those those times. But I went through a period where I just would watch it again and again and again. You know, like a five-year-old would do with their favorite Disney film. But I was, um, you know, 21, 22 at the time. And uh, one of the things that I love, there's a scene in it where where the two main characters sort of have a fight. And then they sort of make up and um, they they just both go, so are we all good now? And the other guy's like, yeah. And then the other guy goes, cool beans. And then the other guy goes, cool beans. And then, the, and then Andy Samberg goes, cool, cool beans, beans. And then they, they turn it into this massive <laughs> song. You can find the clip on YouTube. It's very funny. And uh, off the back of that, when I left, came back from Paris and went back to Sheffield to do my final year at uni, I started up a radio show in a club night and and we needed a name for it and I called it Cool Beans <laughs> off the back of my favorite scene in Hot Rod. And Cool Beans sort of like eventually resulted in me getting all the work that I do today kind of like eventually led me to working at the BBC and Cool Beans is still knocking about in some form now 10 years later. So I've got a very very soft spot for the film Hot Rod and I rewatched it you know about 6 months ago or so and uh, it's it still is funny. It still is worth it a holds watch. Up. <laughs> Will Arnett, Will Arnett is in it, and um, uh, what's his name? The guy who played uh, and Ian McShane. Ian McShane. There we go. Ian McShane is in it, and is very very funny as Andy Samberg's dad. Uh, and then there's um, <laughs> there's all sorts of like characters. Isla Fisher is like the main woman in it. It's it's, it's a good film. It's funny. It's silly. It's surreal. Uh, it's it clearly had like a decent budget as well, and it's just a lot of fun. I love it. Yeah, that sounds yeah, I good. Love, I love a silly that. film. Andy Samberg plays um, a wannabe stunt driver, and he's trying to do <laughs> tricks on this like tiny little motorbike, and he's always trying to do ramps and stuff like that. But he's just always <laughs> messing it up. Uh, it's quite slapsticky, but also it's got that Lonely Island surreal twist as well. And yeah, it's just a fun. It's a fun film. I like it a lot. I need, I need to, to get uh, David to watch. Pop star from the Lowly Island crew as well. Is that that one? Oh, Andy Samberg in. So that is their sort of their second kind of film that they all did together, and that is brilliant as well. I mean, that's got a much bigger budget and loads and loads of big names. Bill Hader is also in Hot Rod, and I absolutely adore Bill Hader. Uh, but but Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping is just fantastic as well. And it's got, really that's more funny. of a mockumentary, whereas uh, Hot Rod is is just a sort of classic kind of comedy film. But Pop star, mm. never stop, never stop it. What a joy that film is. I love that film as well. Absolutely. It's mad. Like, there's there's a few you... like big American comedies that I've sort of missed out on. Like I've never really delved into the Andy Sandberg shit. I've not like I've not watched any of the 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 Brooklyn show. Nine nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, I watched the first couple of the series, nine nine? Of that and then I actually got a bit bored of it. But um, I know people who watched it all and loved it. Yeah, so it's a weird I'm one. A bit like, bored Andy Sandberg. I think he's sort of. It, it, it's, it's weird. It, it doesn't. It seems to have like just be repeating himself these days, rather than like his initial sort of sparkiness that he had. I think there is an element of that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's kind of like the same. It almost feels very similar to the way that um, Happy Gilmore, Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler. Yeah, 
you know, everyone, he was putting all those like wacky films, those comedy films that he was making. Um, and now, like, he's not really had that many chances to break out of that and do other stuff. Um, and it's not really usually been successful, apart from David's obsession with uncut diamonds or whatever it's called, uncut gems. So, oh, that's gems. brilliant. <laughs> yeah. That film got a lot of like critical acclaim, didn't it? I only watched the first 20 minutes, so I need to go and revisit it. Have you guys ever seen Grown Ups 2? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. That is a ridiculous film. And there... <laughs> I, there's these two lads, these two um, comedians from New Zealand who um, did a podcast called The Worst Idea in the World, and they watched Grown Ups 2 once a week for a year. And they'd reviewed it and oh, recorded it and did like a 40 minute podcast review. And it's and it's one of the funniest things I've ever heard because it's just two people descending into madness. Um, <laughs> and I listened to 52 episodes of these two guys reviewing this po- this uh, film, Grown Ups 2, but I never watched it. And then, and then at the end of it, I watched it and it just was such a weird experience. But sometimes <laughs> when I tell people that, they just look at me and think, have you really not got anything better to do, Chris? And I was like, no, no, I don't. <laughs> Right, mate, who do you reckon your most overrated and most underrated actor would be? Oof. Now, yeah. over, overrated, me and my wife, Francesca, have got a bit of a thing where we can't be bothered with Anne Hathaway. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> and I don't know, we just think she's a bit naff. And to be honest, even I think she is a bit naff, Anne Hathaway, actually. In real life, in interviews and stuff, she always comes across as a bit naff. But also, I think as an as an actor, obviously, she's not terrible because she's employed and paid like millions of dollars to do this, that and the other. But we're never really a huge fan of Anne Hathaway movies. And if anything, if she appears in a film, we tend to try and avoid it. <laughs> so I hope Anne Hathaway, if you're listening, do not take offence. I don't know where this sort of like <laughs> dislikeness to you has come from. Um, but but Anne Hathaway probably for most um, overrated, underrated. I uh, I might drift towards Kevin Eldon. What a good what a good actor. And maybe also um, Peter Serafinovich. Both of them are just truly fantastic, and they've both done sketch shows that I've absolutely loved. I mean, Peter Serafinovich's show is just unbelievable. And as an impressionist, he is absolutely fantastic. And he's kind of had these bit part roles and actually he's done quite well. He did The Tick and everything like that, didn't he? But um, I would like to see more Peter Serafinovich uh, out in the wide world. His sketch show on, um, it's just on YouTube nowadays. I think it's just called The Peter Serafinovich Show. And even now it's like 10 years old or so. It's still absolutely fantastic. So yeah, it'll be Serafinovich or Eldon. Yeah, I I saw Kevin Eldon at a a podcast recording once and he was brilliant. He was just acting all the way through it like <laughs> he's just got all this stuff going on in his head and he just, it just comes out of him he's brilliant and he's literally in every uh british sitcom from like the 90s onwards pretty much as well yeah he always appears doesn't he? he's just always there he's one of those guys who pops up so much if there's anything that that you want to talk about that you want to plug chris now is the Now's the op to do so. Aiden, I just want to say that I think your haircut looks looks absolutely fantastic. Uh, <laughs> done a wonderful job. Uh, I was supposed to have my haircut yesterday. However, it clashed with me going to meet a 105-year-old woman called Edna. So I had to cancel it. Uh, Edna was absolutely amazing, by the way. 105. Doesn't look a day over 80. Uh, got all her marbles and everything. Fantastic woman. However, I saw I'm that now having yesterday my haircut and I was, on... like, I was like, I wonder when she was born. She was born in like 1913. Yeah, so she was born during the First World War. Imagine that. 
Imagine that, Dave. That is Unbelievable. Crazy. And obviously, fucking mental. lived through lived through the Second World War. You know, lived through the Cold War, the Iraq War, uh, the Falklands <laughs> War. So many wars. She's lived, she's lived through so many wars. Um, anymore. Pretty much there's, the entirety of cinema as well. Yeah, she's. Oh, yeah. Oh, she'd be a good. She'd be a good person to get on this uh, podcast. Uh, yeah. I don't know whether she knows what podcast is. Most underrated actor. Oh, uh, let me have a think. That was this brilliant actor in the nineteen twenties. Uh, he was only in the yeah. silence. <laughs> Edna, Edna, did you know that there's multiple ways to say cunt? <laughs> yeah, she wouldn't be a fan of that. She was very. She was. She didn't do any swearing whatsoever. Um, when I when I saw her yesterday, so. Yeah, put her on the maybe pile. Put her on the maybe pile. <laughs> I'd love to just try and work, uh, get her to set up Zoom. I think that would be a podcast in itself. Yeah, I know, I know. They do struggle, don't they, the older generation with Zoom. But it is tricky. Something that I want to plug, you know what? I did this uh, podcast for Thecla, and we love promoting Thecla, don't we, Dave? So we're not yeah, really doing any more of them, but there's 20 episodes of them. They're all on Spotify and on apple podcasts and basically it's me talking to various musicians um and and, and songwriters and that sort of thing as we were living through the pandemic um including frank turner um the specials mr scruff idols arlo parks and more there you the go my plug voice <laughs> the wurzels yeah the final episode we did was with tommy from the wurzels who is absolutely incredible it made me do a deep dive into the wurzels back catalogue and they have done some unbelievable cover versions. <laughs> and you got you yeah. both of you, you got you got to go and check out Hot Rod and you gotta go and check out the uh, Kaiser Chiefs Wurzels crossover Love with it. the Wurzels doing Ruby. Ruby, <laughs> Ruby, Ruby, Ruby! They've also got a, a brilliant version of Go West I discovered the other day as well. Yeah, so they've done two <laughs> albums and they're both called Here's the Wurzels, uh, Never Mind the Bollocks. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they did another one, A Load More Bollocks as well. Uh, very, very good. A lot of fun. Love the Wurzels. <laughs> All right, okay. So the last thing that we've got left to do now is um, for the wonderful Chris to move us on over to the news section. So, Chris, when you're ready, you can take <clears> that away. <throat> okay, here we go. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on. But now it's time for the latest news. Cue fantastic jingle. Right, what is the fucking news? Have you got any news? No, I got... Um, There's that thing, bit. so we, we, I mentioned yesterday, we were chatting, um, there's this uh, thing where s- apparently Sony and Netflix have made a deal, meaning that all um, Sony, big, big Sony films after 22 uh, will get put on Netflix after their theatrical run. Um, obviously, is Sony trying to make a play to sort of get in on the streamings uh, wars because Warner Brothers are with HBO Max, Disney got their own thing going on. Netflix are sort of slipping down the poles because they don't have access to these like fresh new films. Um, so yeah, it's obviously Sony sorting sorting that uh, thing out. And when you look at Netflix catalog, it is mainly Sony films like Jumanji, yeah. Spider Man. 
Like they're, they're all in there already, this, so yeah, yeah, it's kind of like makes sense. It's really. kind of like it's already happened, but now yeah, they're just kind of like solidifying it with a deal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, so I, like I guess the, I probably... guess the the power to put on the newest thing because that's what Netflix have no power on. They have to make yeah. their own stuff to put out new stuff that everyone wants to see, which is the one yeah. issue. If I guess if you have if you're getting Sony on board with Netflix and Netflix is the first place that people are going to be able to watch the newest Sony film out after release, then that's going to bring more traction to Netflix, hopefully, is what they're hoping anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I had a bit of news here um, that James Cameron threatened to fire the Avatar sequel writers for creating new stories instead of analysing what works in the original Um I I think uh, people should get in trouble for that more personally. Yeah, I hate it when someone just comes in and fucks something up for no reason. <laughs> I always think that you should, but you know what I mean, don't you? It's like what Josh Whedon did. Like it's yeah. just like it's not cool. I, I don't care. I mean, I don't know. Like I'm not a director, am I? So it doesn't. I don't know what it feels like. But for some reason, I wouldn't. I mean, I couldn't do that. Do you know what I mean? I couldn't come in. Like, no matter if uh, the biggest Warner Brothers company in the world come in and said, oh, well, basically, Zack Snyder, your mate for, like, 30 years, has made this, you've known him. He's made this film, but it's too long. Um, so can you, like, chop it up and change it a bit, just make it all fit, and then like, we'll just release your version? It's just like, if someone said that to nah, you, you'd be like, it's like no. That's not the film. That's not the film that we're yeah. making. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like, I saw it out. Um, <laughs> And that's essentially what James Cameron did. He was just like, he was just like, he, he just, what's in him was like, no, like there's so much analysis went into making Avatar, obviously. And he was like, you don't, you don't get a, you don't get a Marvel Studios formula without looking at what's working and what isn't. Do you know what I mean? Not just like going yeah. in and just being like, oh yeah, well now there's like a new like Blue Man War and there's like some big pigs and they like ride them. Like, because that's literally, <laughs> that's how dumb like some like fucking writers are. So, yeah. That was interesting. Um, talked about I just, that. Uh, I just seen that um, Indiana Jones 5, um, Phoebe Weller Bridge is now involved. I don't know if she's casting it or helping write it uh but also john williams is returning to do the music okay i'm excited okay. about this i keep forgetting it's a thing because it's been in the works for so long yeah, yeah. I, i'm excited i just hope that we don't get more old man i'm angry harrison ford because i'm getting a bit sick of that tablet yeah, it's it's interesting to see if uh, Charlotte Buff is gonna come back in it as well because he's had his issues lately. Yeah, um, I want that to be honest. I f- I liked that little thing that they had going on. I would Charlotte Buff. Yeah, I, I prefer them, him to be back. I would prefer to see them move forward with that storyline than create a new one. Personally, yeah, because um, I think that by the end of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, we kind of resolved uh, Harrison Ford and Shia LaBeouf's relationship in the movie do you know what I mean it was kind of like okay nice it's like yin mm. and yang now um, uh, yeah but like Harrison Ford has this like thing that he does now he's older where he just gets he just plays the angry bloke that doesn't want to be there 
and it's like yeah, it does. It does tend to phone in a lot of his performances at the moment. Like you can just tell he's a bit. He's, he's a bit done. It's just a bit done with being in films now. It's kind of like it's kind of like it feels like he's not kind of fucked. He's <laughs> just like yeah, yeah I'm like, just here to get yeah, paid. Like, like yeah, like this thing keeps me in cigars and whiskey. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, that's that's kind of what it feels like. But nonetheless, I do love him, and I like um, but I want to see it. Do you know what I mean? I just hope. Yeah, I mean he's been such a big part of it. I would hope that he would say something if it didn't feel right. Do you know what I mean? That's what kind of what you're banking yeah. on, isn't it? But yeah, um, anything else? Uh, I'm not really seeing much else. Uh, although there is the fact that Prince Philip died today. Yeah, um, rest in peace. You 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 met him, didn't you? You had an interesting encounter with old Phil. We're gonna, do you want to talk about my memory of Prince Philip? Go on. All right. All right. Okay. So basically, I um, <laughs> it's a nice it's a nice uplifting funny story. Uh, if 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 the Queen was listening to Level Up, she'd probably quite enjoy it. I reckon. Not not the, the rest of the podcast, just this story. <laughs> um, so basically, I was working. Um, I was doing some stewarding work at Windsor Horse Show, and I was guarding the gate. Um, from where the, all the horses and people were parked um, going into the castle um, basically into their back garden that's where they were at that moment as well so there was a lots of security and there was lots of protocols um, that you had to stick by and basically I was a guard on a bridge so there was a bridge and that's that was like the entrance to the castle that's where everyone got in that was doing the horse shows jump in or whatever they were doing boom so I'm out there one day, it's like blistering heat. I've been there, I've been standing on my feet for like, it, it was horrible work. Standing there for hours a day, burning in the sunshine like a bit of like bacon, literally crisping up. Um, I was obviously had to wear like, you had to wear like chinos and a long sleeve shirt. Yeah. So I'm getting, it's like kind of like, like getting to the last day. Uh, letting horses through. I don't even like horses either, which is the funniest thing about this. I hate them. I think they're terrifying. Um, and yeah, getting used to it. And obviously, been get kind of getting used to my job as well. So I'm pretty on it with like the bridge. And it's one day I'm standing there, it's fucking boiling, and there's this Range Rover steaming towards the bridge, right? Um, and. <laughs> And like, I jump out into the middle of the road and I'm like, I'm like, put my hand out, like, stop, 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 please stop. Um, hold it there, hold it there. And he just keeps coming. He just keeps literally steaming towards me. And when I say steaming, I mean, it felt like 70 mile an hour and I was on the motorway. Realistically, he was probably travelling at about 20 mile an hour, maybe 25, just in his own back garden, in his own car, just as he should. Um coming out and obviously I didn't know who it was um, and there was a manager on shift um, and so I'm like stop 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 and he gets a, a jump out of the road he doesn't like it's not like he's going to hit me but I literally like, jump out of the road like Jesus like you, you're not stopping and as I go past <laughs> the Range Rover goes past Prince Philip just makes direct eye contact with me and stares at me like just for like a couple of seconds um 
and and I'm just kind of like sat like on the side of the road, like kind of like kind of pissed off that this bloke wouldn't stop, and then I realised it was the Prince of England, and I was like, oh, all right, then that's fine, like. And but it was the way that he made eye contact with me, bro. It was just like. <laughs> boom like he he like saw everything he's it was like he saw my past my future my present <laughs> but 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 yeah i mean it's a funny story isn't it it's a funny story <laughs> funny story to tell the kids <laughs> it's just so funny you nearly got killed by prince philip like what the fuck yeah um... he didn't give a shit with that car though did he 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 would just he would tear that car everywhere like, I don't yeah. care <laughs> well the thing is it's like you know the poor bloke's probably just getting to the shop trying to get a paper and that I mean it must be a nightmare can you imagine I just want to go and get some milk yeah, and but paper he doesn't need to do that he's Prince Philip he could send someone else to do that he could drive his car around in circles on his own land why does he need to fucking kill people in the process <laughs> I I I'm gonna be very controversial here. I don't think you should be allowed to drive post eighty. Uh, yeah. If if fifteen year olds aren't allowed to drive, why should eighty year olds be allowed to drive? Yeah, you got. Surely a fifteen year old has more like reaction time and more driving you skills to, than an eight year old. I'm pretty sure that you do have to take um, a a more frequent test as you get older. Just to make sure. Yeah, but they should make it like a proper, like, like uh, regular thing. I, I don't. I mean, I don't think eighty, mate. I don't think eighty. Because imagine all the people that rely on their cars to kind of get about. I think. Yeah, it's fine. Just, just drive well. Just as long as they pass the test, it, they're allowed to drive. Yeah, yeah. I think that. <laughs> I think that. I do. I do. I do agree with you there. Um, if you're sound of mind. Bang on, do you know what I mean? But well, I imagine, seen... imagine if you got killed by some fucking ninety-year-old cunt just driving his car. Yeah, I mean, like, that's bullshit. Say that right now, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's Prince Philip. I'm just saying any ninety-year-old cunt. <laughs> oh, you've acknowledged it now, which means other people are thinking about it. Kill me! <laughs> Kill me! <laughs> um, but yeah, that was my funny story about Prince Philip. Yeah. Well, um, goodbye, Prince Philip. Rest in peace. Now we have to fucking watch it on the repeated on the news for the next two weeks. Uh, all the good TV is cancelled. Uh, we, we have to raise our flags and listen to the national anthem. Huzzah! Welcome to Britain. Aiden's <laughs> 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 awkward. Uh, yeah. Order! Order! Literally, you know what, mate? Sometimes that's what I fucking feel like with you. <laughs> I feel like I've got to rein you back in. Order! Do you know what? We're going on roast. I just want to say that. Do you know what job yeah. he should get? He should get uh, the um, the twenty four hour McDonald's on a Saturday night. He should be the person that shouts out the order numbers. <laughs> two two six. <laughs> it was like, order two two six. <laughs> that would be so good. I love that. Yes, let's move on. 
yeah. Um, this week we're okay. roasting Jared Leto's Joker. Sorry, Jared. We're not. Um, we don't like it. We don't like it he's at all. He's shit. And what makes it even worse is the fact that he thinks he's amazing. Jared Leto is such a twat. Like, he's got his own, like, <laughs> fucking, like, um, ranch, right, where he's, like, got his own community of people that, like, think he's, like, Jesus. It's fucked up. And, like, his reaction as well, when uh, Daniel Kalula won the Emmy for um, playing Fred Hampton recently, Daniel Kalula won it, and then Jared Leto was up for the Emmy as well, and Jared Leto was just sat there, like, slow clapping, looking like an absolute twat. It's like, you think you can, like... Your your performance in that shitty serial killer film can come up against Daniel Kalula like absolutely smashing like the performance of his lifetime. Get a get a fucking grip. <laughs> not not a fan then. Not a fan. I mean I, I don't no, really know I anything. I think he's an arsehole. I don't really know that. I don't really know that much about. I know that he takes his his roles really seriously, or he has done in the past. But that all seemed to come crashing down when he decided to be Joker for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, when he was playing Joker, he um he he gave like because he was like in character the whole time. Like he was being like yeah. one of them proper dickhead people that stay in character. Like, but if you're staying in character as a Joker, like it's fine if you're doing like a Leonardo DiCaprio like Revenant performance. But if you're doing the Joker, like fucking get over yourself. You're in a comic book film, like, and he, <laughs> and he was like fucking, like, he was sending out dead rats to Margot Robbie, like between the takes, and they're like, whoa, I sent them dead rats. It's like, yeah. yeah, but how does that actually make a difference to your performance? Like, yeah, yeah. he's quite full of himself, evidently. Yeah. Um, it's like so, it's like a baby. It's like a fucking fifteen-year-old kid that has just got into acting and has like done like a YouTube video that's got like fifteen k likes, and now he thinks he's like the next like like fucking Logan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, moving swiftly on, moving swiftly on to that, um, I wrote he's the kind of person that gets a moped license when he was sixteen. You know those kids at school when he left that band. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. My dad got me a moped, bruv. I was buzzing around, <laughs> but I took the restrictors off, so it goes like it goes like twenty five, mate. Mate, I bust down a dual carriageway on this one. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> um. He's the type of guy that wouldn't be threatening even if he was holding a gun. <laughs> what, what do you mean by that? Like, if he was pointing a gun at you, you wouldn't give a shit. It wouldn't be threatening. You'd just be like, what the fuck are you doing, mate? <laughs> I hope that's how you handle it. Um, he's the kind of person that listens to Gucci Gang by Little Pump to go to sleep. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Gucci Gang. Like that's like white noise for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's the type of guy that would work at CEX. <laughs> yeah, proper the, the moody one, and he would yeah wear eyeliner. He would be the eyeliner guy from CEX. Yeah, he wouldn't. He wouldn't say much to you. He'd just be like, "That's like five quid." Uh, do you want a bag with that? <laughs> five pound five p, please. <laughs> um, yeah, 
I mean, he definitely like is the sort of guy that like makes his like assistant pick out like only the red skittles. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I only like the red ones. Yeah. He's the type of guy that doesn't like to talk about the fact that his dad is a Tory MP. <laughs> He's like one of them kids that has like got a real middle class family, but then like looks like an absolute tramp to try and hide the fact that he's like really middle class and he's had a really privileged upbringing oh my dad like <laughs> sent me to boarding school it was so unfair yeah so like when i came out i chose to go to nambia for six months to find myself <laughs> i actually saw this fit girl the other night she had such a fat bunter <laughs> He's the kind of guy. This well, he's the kind of guy who got his tattoos all on the same day and said to the artist, "Yo, man, can you make me look dope?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dope. <laughs> Yo, man, can you just make me look dope? Uh, he's the type of guy that looks like he lives in a bus station. What <laughs> rough? Drag him through the dirt, Dave. Jesus. <laughs> How vindictively you said it as well. A bus station. Like a bus station is such a hostile environment like all the time. And like living there permanently would fuck you up. <laughs> he's the kind of person that gets upset that he's not as good as all the other jokers. <laughs> Yeah, didn't he get really annoyed? Um, didn't he try and like stop them making the um, Jacqueline Phoenix Joker? Yeah, I heard something about that. Yeah, well, no, he got annoyed oh, about it bitch. because it's like un- undermining his Joker. Yeah, well, um, it wouldn't take much to undermine his Joker, though. Let's be honest. Well, I, I would say that he uh, that Jacqueline Phoenix largely overmined his Joker. <laughs> I <don't, laughs> yeah. Um, um, I tell you what, he's Touché. the kind of person. He's the kind of person that thinks Nando's garlic and herb has enough satisfactory flavour. <laughs> yeah, it's just borderline on the edge a bit too much for him. Like, <laughs> he likes it, but like he can't have much per serving. Yeah, he, he has a glass of milk with his Nando's garlic and herb, just in case. <laughs> Woo! Damn! <laughs> I love how I love how people that I love how suddenly there's a thing that like people that are weak um, have no spice on their chicken. Yeah, <laughs> like nothing at all. Like, like if you're weak, you have white salted chicken, and if you're strong, you have mixed herbs, garlic, olive oil, boom, 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 black pepper, all sorts. Get it on there. The cayenne pepper. <laughs> yeah, I haven't got, um, I haven't got any more. Yeah. Uh, this is my last one. Uh, he's the type of guy that would be really fucking annoying at a festival. Oh my god, yeah, I can totally. Like, it would be this that. that guy that like like you would have waited all day to be at the front for like a band you really love, and then like like no, like five minutes before they're about to go on, like he pushes his way through the crowd and starts like jumping around like woo yeah before they're even on and like 
like accidentally like elbowing you when he's like jumping and shit. Like, it's like basically what, I mean? what happened to us when we went to see Primal Scream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been, a, I've been, a, I've been a fan of this band for like forty years. All right, well, that's great. I'm still at the front, and he literally just <laughs> he spent the whole night just trying to push past us. So what's the fucking yeah. point? He yeah, was like holding can... onto the fence like right next to you, wasn't he? And he's like, his yeah. cock was basically on your leg. Yeah, um, it was like I... an old, it was an older guy, and he was like trying to keep his position at the front because everyone was like moving around and shit, and he was just like hanging on like it was a fucking tsunami. But he wasn't originally at the front; he was behind yeah, he us, came and then he in, kind of like, like yeah. he kind of like just kept coming closer and closer to us. Um, one thing that I can imagine Jared Leto's Joker doing is being strung up like Jesus on a cross at a festival and just being like carted around. <laughs> be like, yeah, man, this is my like festival outfit this year. Basically, I'm going to wear a nappy and pretend to be Jesus. And like, I've made this like huge wooden cross that I'm going to stand on. So I'm like going to be able to see so much better than everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what a twat. Yeah, what's what? But I am quite looking forward to seeing Morbius, but you're still a twat. Yeah. Yeah. The Morbius, the most forgettable Marvel release of all time. Yeah, I literally have no idea. (laughs) People people have forgotten it's existed, which I just fucking find hilarious. Like we've been talking about Morbius since the first episode of this podcast and it's still not out. Really? Yeah, I swear That's we've been so talking about it from the start. Yeah, I think definitely from close to the start. Why the fuck's it not out? Mate, coronavirus has been so... Mate, imagine if Sony had had this deal with Netflix like at the start of the coronavirus. We probably would have already had Morbius on there by now. I reckon so as well. I was kind of... Well, I think that's probably the point that they've got to. They've realised that they can't just have one option because Disney are now making money off of releasing films on the subscription service that people are already paying for and then they're paying more money. And they're going to get me yeah. because as soon as Black Widow comes out, I'm going to be paying to watch it. So Yeah, they've, yeah same. Man. They've, they, they've now succeeded in what they wanted, which is which I wasn't sure was going to work. To be honest with you, but yeah, it's been a very, uh, it's very, very, very deep, thorough, intense episode today, hasn't it? Yeah, yes, very <laughs> analytical. <laughs> yeah, we've been going in hard. That's what happens when you go in on those biopics. You just get yeah. so into it. Um, but yeah, well, that's everything, isn't it? Yeah, that's everything, man. Yeah, sweet through it. More. Make sure you're following us as usual on our Instagram at Level Up Podcast AD. Um, you'll find us there. You'll find us on all the social medias. We got that bright yellow emblem with our faces, uh, Thor and Wolverine. So check us out. Uh, and uh, thanks for watching, guys. Bye. Bye.